You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Vredestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. The Volume. This week on Prime Cut, John Middlecoff on the Cowboys' blowout over the Giants. Steve Kime, former Arizona GM, on Aaron Rodgers, the injury and what's going on ahead of that. Chad Millman, Sharper Square, and my top takes of the week. I'm a big believer in sustainability. Like, can you do things and repeat things over and over? Um, you know, always making a lot of money in your life and having a great job is not usually sustainable. Living below your means, investing, being frugal, spend less than you make is sustainable. Uh, I tell my kids that all the time. Just get into patterns, uh, be prepared for bad times. And so when they hit, you don't have to change your lifestyle. And Philadelphia, the way they won tonight, dominating the line of scrimmage, that's sustainable for 16 weeks, 15 weeks. That's a great offensive line. Getting over the top plays. Some teams, the smart teams like New England, just took that away. They just don't want you to go over the top. Um, track meet teams. Miami tends to be the Dolphins. Looks like a little bit of a track meet team. Now, their games are wildly entertaining against the Chargers. You're not going to get that every week. That's not sustainable, right? Like Tyreek Hill banged up. Jalen Waddle out. You face a team with good pressure. Tua gets hit. He's been injury prone. But the way the Philadelphia Eagles uh, won tonight, and it was ugly, is incredibly sustainable. Dominate the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, this is this is not college football. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, uh, uh, Osborne, they got dudes too. A couple good edge rushers. Minnesota's got dudes too. Uh, but Philadelphia hasn't really played that well offensively. It's very rare that you can go on the road. Last week, the Eagles go on the road, get outplayed in the second half and win. Tonight, choppy, turbulent first half. Didn't pass the ball effective early and won. They had a nine-minute drive at one point and didn't score. Totally sustainable. You're laying Johnson's, Kelsey, um, Jason Kelsey, best center in football probably. You can do that every weekend. And, you know, if you go back and look at New England's dynasty, and I, you know, I was living in Connecticut during the last 10 years of it or a big chunk of the last 10 years of it. Um, there were the Randy Moss years where they were winning shootouts and blowing people out. But a lot of times in New England during that dynasty, just in the AFC, Baltimore had better personnel many years. So did the Steelers. Colts had equal personnel. 
They didn't always have the best teams. But if you remember, they always got great offensive line play with their coach, Dante Skarnecchia. With Brady, they were very good pre-snap. They were great at getting pressure, not always sacks, but pressure on opposing quarterbacks under Bill Belichick, and they got turnovers. They were outplayed in a lot of big games, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Colts, Denver, and they just found ways to win by being very good pre-snap, good special teams, a big situational play late, sometimes a trick play with Julian Edelman. That's sustainable. New England, if I could define their dynasty, they were the smartest team in the league. Brady, really smart. Belichick, a brilliant defensive coach. They were not always the most talented. Smart is sustainable. The Randy Moss years are not. I have real concerns about Buffalo. Josh Allen in college at Wyoming was a wild, talented pony, uh, just needed to be coached. Goes to the NFL, first year, out of control, talented, bit of a mess. Brian Dable sandpapers him, becomes an MVP level player, cuts down on turnovers, mechanics improve. So I watch him and I see a quarterback who has regressed. Three picks, a fumble, not sliding, mechanics have regressed, too much sidearm crap, did not execute very well at the end of, um, I thought, regulation, uh, poor clock awareness. He skipped a couple of passes in the game. Josh Allen looks like he needs coaching. If you don't think coaching matters, go look at Kyle Shanahan as a coordinator to Matt Ryan made him MVP. All right, you look around this league, the best defensive coordinators, Dan Quinn in Dallas. You don't think he matters? Um, that Cowboy defense is sensational. So when I look at Buffalo right now, they're in a bit of a quandary. Miami is a sizzling offense. Belichick's defense is tough. And Mac Jones is better than people uh, subscribe to. Uh, the Jets' defense matches up very well with Buffalo's O-line. Um, even Zach Wilson tonight, you know, late in the game, moves the ball well enough to get him in field goal range. Buffalo has a defensive coach. Uh, Ken Dorsey had a good reputation, but Josh Allen is back to wild. Mechanics are regressing. Decision-making was poor. Um, I I just, just, I don't like what I see. Windows are small for Super Bowls. You know, you lose a coordinator, they shrink. You don't have a second dependable receiver, they shrink. You have a key injury or lose a defensive player to free agency, they shrink. Von Miller's out, shrink. So I don't like what I see with Buffalo. I don't like the direction they're headed in. I thought the Jets were more composed getting a backup thrust into the starting role with arguably a worse offensive line. That's, that's what I saw. A quarterback that has an offensive coach has a decided advantage. There were multiple situational moments in that game when Mike McDaniel, that offensive coach, dialed up wonderful, clever, smart plays for Tua many coming on third and long. That really helps a quarterback. Meanwhile, Brandon Staley, defensive coach, supposed to be a brilliant defensive coach with good defensive personnel, has yet to figure it out. Remember that lead they lost in the playoffs to Jacksonville? How many third and longs did they surrender to Tua? Brandon Staley, to me, appears over his head. At the end of that game, Justin Herbert twice goes back to throw. The Chargers are completely ill-prepared as Vic Fangio, which he's not prone to do as a defensive coordinator, dials up big blitzes. He doesn't do that a lot, not his style. I thought it was a great example of a really good coaching staff, Mike McDaniel and Vic Fangio completely working the Chargers staff. 
Brandon Staley, to me, was not viewed as the logical choice. Brian Dayball was, who was friends with the GM, Tom Telesco. The Spanos family took the cheaper head coach available, Brandon Staley, and I think he's completely, absolutely over his skis. Go back and watch the replay of this game, multiple situational moments where really good coaching and Miami's side won the game. I feel bad for Justin Herbert, but so much of this league is where you land, what coach you get, what owner you get, and what franchise you get. The Chargers have so much talent, very few whiffs in free agency or the draft. It's a stacked roster, at home, favorite. But in the last two drives with each team, you saw obvious examples of superior Miami and inferior Charger coaching. Steve Kime spent more than two decades with Arizona, former player for the Dolphins. Scout worked his way to GM for nine years, is now joining us on the Colin Coward podcast. So a torn Achilles for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, no. Wow. It's not good. So a torn Achilles on, is that out for the season generally? Oh, yeah. Yeah, if it, it healed, um, unless something happened where, you know, that it's still attached to some degree, uh, more than likely, and I've, I've torn my Achilles, He's it's a 9 to, to, to 11 month uh, surgical process. Oh my God, that is gutting. And That's- generally the second year coming off an Achilles is really tough because it's a, it's, it's even worse than my, in my opinion. And I'm not a doctor, obviously, but you know, the ACL is a tough one to come back from right away, but the, the Achilles is really, really difficult. Does it make it worse because he's an older quarterback, 39? No question about it. I mean, obviously, and I said this at the end of my, uh, you know, career as a general manager, I mean, it was no secret that older guys got hurt more often. And then now all of a sudden you're coming off that. Um, it's going to be a grueling rehabilitation process. And that is also probably going to test how much he really wants to come back and loves it. That's a great point. I've had talked to pro athletes. Rehab um, early in your career, it's a very optimistic, a hopeful process. It's a very negative process late in a career, especially yeah. when you've got a hundred million net worth. It's hard. I mean, did you did you see the mental aware on players, older players that had to overcome rehab? Oh yeah, you know it. It, it really was was grueling for those guys, and it, um, like you said, a lot of the financial stability is a, is a big difference for those guys because they don't technically have to get off the couch anymore. You know, they they um, they have the flexibility to to take some time off and um, to let their body heal. In this situation, to me, what's really deflating, as much as the the physical part, would be to me a little bit about how he's going to deal with this mentally because there was so much excitement being in New York, getting a fresh start, you know, being on hard knocks and all that was made of it. Uh, and you know, he looked like a, a reju- rejuvenated guy on the hard knocks to me. So now to see him take this step setback and you know who knows how it pans out for the team but it's obviously you know if 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 zach wilson can give a gritty performance each week like he did tonight that's outstanding but is that going to be really good enough colin to win enough games like really witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their Michelin test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Three and Out is the podcast, former NFL scout, John Middlecoff. And I feel this way about Daniel Jones. If everything's in place, he's got time to throw. The play calling works. He doesn't have to. He's not sped up against the Vikings twice. No pass rush. He's not sped up. He can work. But the Cowboys D-line just engulfed and overwhelmed the Giants O-line after about that first drive. You could see the Giants on the first drive running right at the Cowboys to take away their edge. And then eventually they fall behind. You have to throw. I, I thought the Giants O-line, though it's young, w- could sustain some sort of, you know, um, pocket shield for Daniel Jones. The Giants were completely overwhelmed up front. And Daniel Jones is just not the kind of player that can overcome that. He just can't. It's funny. You know, you have these strong takes for six, eight months of what you think is going to happen. And then week one, you know, I, I thought the Giants might have a similar record to the last year, nine or ten wins, but be much closer to the Eagles and the Cowboys. And tonight at home, uh, the gap looked wider. Now, one thought I had as that game just separated by the snap was the Cowboys, and we'll get into the Niners a little bit, have a similarity in the sense they have a lot of high-end players on defense. Dan Quinn is like a three or four million dollar a year defensive coordinator currently. And they have all their guys mainly are in their prime, right? And they dominate at the defensive line, and they have a, a ton of good DBs. Where if you are a little off, they can really expose you. I mean, I, my take coming into the season, Colin, I don't know who – did you pick the Eagles for the East? I, I picked the Cowboys, just trying to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, I think it might just come down to a, a field goal here or a fumble here between those two teams. I think the Cowboys – now, it's hard to judge Dak. He didn't have to do anything. Their defense is has a chance to be the best in the league. And anytime that's the case – 
I don't care what year, if it's 70s or 2023, you got a chance to win a lot of games. Had a couple people at the gym come up to me and say, hey, you doing sharp and square? And I said, it's sharp or square, not sharp and square. Or, I'm the or square, he's the sharp before the or square. It's Chad Millman, CCO Action Network, all odds provided by DraftKings. All right, I stunk last week, but last year was the only time I've won in week one in forever. So I'm ready to go, bounce back week. I'm going to be the New York Giants of squares. I am going to bounce back. Okay, first number. And the number's telling me I'm on the wrong side, but I like Chicago plus two and a half anyway. Um, listen, Baker's a great story. But I I think I get a a little bit of a coach edge. I think Claypool may not play. I think Chicago really believes they can win this division. I think Tampa's going to figure out fairly quickly they are what they are. I think there's absolute urgency. I think the Bears at home were humiliated. I think they'll be totally focused. Uh, if there's any rushing props for Justin Fields, take him. I think he's going to be able to kind of work this defense and move around a little. I'm going to take Chicago plus two and a half. It feels like that's not what the Sharps want me to do, but I'm going to do it anyway, sharp or square. Dude, you're misreading it entirely. The Sharps love this play, uh, and they love that you're doing it. They've been calling me and saying, make sure Colin <laughs> takes the Bears at plus two and a half. Uh, this the game opened at four. Uh, it's been bet to two and a half by the wise guys. The the public is on the Buccaneers. And this is one of those, and there's a lot of this this week, classic overreaction to what people saw in week one and letting that play into their decision-making for week two. And that's a mistake that a lot of people make. There's a stat I can give you right now. Since 2012, teams that lost by double digits, the Bears, playing against teams that did not lose by double digits. So that team would have to have, won the game or lost by less than 10. That's the Buccaneers. Yeah. The team that lost by double digits on the road since 2012, 24 and one against the spread. So there are two teams that fit that criteria this week. The Bears are wanting one of them. And look, the, the, there was so much hype on the Bears before the season began, and there was no hype on the Bucs. So naturally, with the way the Bears got beat and the way the Bucs won, there's going to be a little bit of a flip. The, the script is going to be flipped. But look, the Bears' offense, they had 22 first downs. They had more time of possession than the Packers. Yeah. They had three turnovers and four sacks. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers' defense gave up 344 passing yards. They gave up six yards per play, not six yards per pass attempt, six yards per play and seven yards per pass attempt. So... Minnesota had three turnovers, including Kirk in the red zone late in the first half that would have put them up 17-10, and that would have been a different a different game. So I like what we're seeing here with the Bears as underdogs. Uh, it's sharp. I've played it. Okay, I don't like favorites much. I took one last week and got burned. I'll get to that in a second. But I do have a theory that if you have a capable quarterback and a good coach and are humiliated in a standalone game on TV, you'll empty the bag following week, play with great emotion and focus. Giants, it's now minus four uh, at DraftKings. Arizona, I like the Giants a lot. Sharper square. Play it. Play it, play it in your survivor pools. Don't waste your your early season picks <laughs> on the Bills or the Chiefs or anyone else. Play the Giants. I I actually got this at five. 
and feel like I got the worst of the number. I'm a little surprised it's moved to four, but this is one of those spots, right? You're you're going to play the team that just got blown out. Look, Arizona, they didn't win that game so much. As, they didn't they didn't cover that game so much as why. And by the way, I'm counting a cover for Arizona as a win. That's how that's how low the expectations were. Yeah, but they did play a game in which the other team practically gave them the game. And yeah. so this is not going to be the same scenario. Brian Dayball is a much better coach. It's a coaching mismatch. Look, they stunk it up. They played a team that was just much better at that moment, a really good defense. They didn't have the right game plan. You can come up with all the excuses, whatever you want. At the end of the day, the scenario here is you take the Giants. Okay, I don't love the number. I'd like it better at three, but I'm going to take Kansas City. Andy Reid, historically off a buyer with extra time, is money. They didn't have Travis Kelsey. He's the greatest receiving tight end ever. Uh, he'll get 15 targets this week. Uh, Jacksonville struggled mightily and won. So if they'd have lost at Indy, right, and been humiliated, I'd stay away. They were outplayed and won. Okay, Kansas City's defense, I don't know about anybody else. They got a consistent pass rush without Chris Jones. And oh, by the way, the Lions O-line is good. And they were in Jared Goff's face. I think this is this is one of these. I've seen these two teams play twice last year. The gap is bigger. It wasn't closed in one offseason. I'm going to take Kansas City minus three and a half. And I think they win by a touchdown. All right. So there's a couple different scenarios here. And you're right about the Chiefs and you're right about the Lions. And that plays into a Lions-Seahawks game, which I might try to convince you to bet. Um, but with that game against the Lions, the Chiefs actually only gave up 14 offensive points. Don't I forget, there was, a, there was a pick six, right? I know, right? And so here's where, where sort of the sentiment and what you believe about a roster and what you as an analyst who was much more sophisticated about football than you let people believe Let's that play into, okay, this game opened at two and a half and then it got to three and now it's at three and a half. So the number has been moving against your decision right here. For me, once it got to three and a half, it was a pass. Like I didn't want to play Kansas City as more than a field goal favorite on the road because then you start getting into trends that go against Patrick Mahomes. Um, so the wise guys liked it at two and a half. They liked it okay at three. It's a pass at three and a half. Okay. Well, that's why we do this. Yeah. Um, I think this is a coaching mismatch, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, I think Brandon Staley, for the first time, players are criticizing him. The media in L.A. crushed him. I'm going to take the Chargers minus three at Tennessee. Tannehill missed spots, didn't look good. Vrabel criticized him publicly. He's a much better coach than Brandon Staley. I can't believe this roster can go 0-2. I can't believe it. Chargers minus three, what say you? Sharper square. The first thing you said, it's a coaching mismatch. And so why would you lean into a coach who in two seasons of coaching has not proven any ability to put his team in a position to win with the kinds of decisions that he makes? He has more talent at the offense on the offensive side of the ball. Colin, you preach this all the time. I listen to your fabulous radio show. One of your primary theories, defensive coaches with offensive genius players is not a good match, right? How many times have you said that? And so all of a sudden, we're, we're, we're leaning into Brandon Staley on the road as a favorite against a much better football coach against a defensive line 
that is good. fierce. Jeffrey Simmons is an all-pro caliber player. And Mike Vrabel, by the way, one of the best underdog coaches in the NFL, 24-9-1 as an underdog of three or more, including this past week against the Saints. There's a handful of coaches that every professional better is thinking about when they are looking to bet. Mike Vrabel, John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin, Andy Reid, Bill Belichick. Those are the guys that you want to be betting on as underdogs. I, I'm disgusted with myself betting this. Washington plus three and a half at Denver. I had a executive, well, a scout, call me on Monday. He said, Colin, he goes, I know you like Russell. He's missing. He's, there's wide open people here. These are good schemes. These are good plays. He can't see him. He's like, this offense is, until they get Judy, there is no juice to this offense. The Raiders are not good. And the Raiders took the lead and never looked back. Ah, Washington's defense is good. They're good. They're going to keep it. All Washington games are going to look the same. They're all going to be awful television. Three and a half is too much. I got to take Washington, Sharper Square. Well, look, we're th this, this game and the uh, Colts-Texans game yeah. are battling for the corner TV game. You know, the game at the sports right. book that they put on the corner because nobody really wants to watch it, but they got to have every game on. I agree with you about Russell Wilson. I watched that game and I was texting with a buddy and uh, who's who's inside the NFL. And I, I was just like, Sean Payne's a genius. Like he was calling such good plays and they looked so much better and it fell apart because Russell Wilson started to, to lose a little bit of steam. And so it's a very challenging game. I think that Washington's roster is not as good as the Las Vegas roster. I think that this is a huge coaching, coaching mismatch. I think Jimmy G is better than Sam Howell. And I think that I would expect a different kind of scheme from Sean Payton now that he's seen what Russell can do over the course of a game when oh, other teams are adjusting. Um, also, I'm still a big believer in Denver's defense. I think it's a really good defense. Washington, to me, was a terrible team. Like, if, if, if Arizona has anything more serviceable than a quarterback who still did not know the names of his teammates because he had signed two weeks earlier, they'd probably lose that game. So for me, this game is a pass. Like, I, I'm not interested. The okay. line has moved in Denver's direction from three to three and a half. Uh, that's more of a wise guy play than a, than a public play. Um, but I, I, I like your sentiment. I like that you're thinking about betting ugly. Betting the NFL, winning the NFL means betting bad quarterbacks. But here you got two bad quarterbacks and not a lot of not a lot of edge. All right, now talk me into a game. Detroit, Seattle, go for it. Look, this this is the other game that fits that trend I mentioned before, which is twenty four and one against the spread for teams like Seattle when they are on the road, coming off a double digit loss, playing a team that basically won or lost by less than ten the week before. On top of that, you're getting a team in the Lions that has so much hype into the season. They beat the Super Bowl champs. They beat the Super Bowl champs on the road. Opening game, prime time. Seattle loses ugly to the Rams. Like, this is an overhyped game. This is an inflation game in terms the line is higher than it should be. Like, you have to take Seattle here. There, there's just no question about it. You're going to bet a quarterback that might make you uncomfortable. You're going to be upset that the tackles aren't playing. But Detroit's defense is, is just not as good uh, as it should be 
for a team to be favored by five and a half, some places six. So um, you got to suck it up and you got to bet Seattle. All right. Chad Millman, CCO Action Network, all odds provided by DraftKings. My friend, um, it's great to see you. Bad week for me, but you know what? Tom Brady, 12 years, double-digit picks. Who cares? LFG, let's go. You know what? It's the end of the season that matters, not the beginning of the season. And I say that as someone who, like, in my five picks that we talk about, I went two and three. And like, it happens. It's going to happen all the time. But also you look at it. I like after that, I don't know if you ever do this, but like at the end of that day, the difference between one and four and two and three is everything. Because two and three, you can look at your picks and say, okay, I'm two and three, but that Patriots game, like I I analyzed that the right way. I would have been three and two if not for some bad luck. So I felt better about myself. Yeah, we'll try going on five. I couldn't even look myself in the mirror. It was awful. It was tough. Going five? Yeah. Did no, you I not? Did everything. you not make any of the picks that we talked about? I should have made the uh, Cleveland bet. I didn't. I'm not betting. I'm. I'm. I'm just. Uh, listen. Fairly bitter. It's not my personality. I bounced back. I had a cocktail Tuesday night. I was good. I had. I said that, the Jets were the better play, and I said the Lions over the Chiefs. So I had. I had some stuff. I didn't include those, but I did have. I thought the Jets were the better play, and I thought the Lions were the better play. Listen, that is one of your greatest traits. You don't wear it. You move on quickly. I like that. I don't wear it. All right, buddy. Good seeing you. All right, man. Talk to you. The volume. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.